Welcome to another episode of the App Guide Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Uh, I go around the world and find uh, the most interesting app entrepreneurs and business owners and startup founders and anyone who can help us with our endeavors in this digital world of apps and social media. And this is all for your benefit. So uh, I've got a a terrific uh, entrepreneur who is here to help us uh, today. He's based in London, uh, although he's running a Swiss slash UK based tech company. It's called uh, Co and Co. His name is uh, Christoph Bergdorfer and uh, he uh, helps brands and businesses make the most of this digital and social media world. So he's going to help us. He's also a TEDx speaker as well. So it's great that we've got uh, someone of such high caliber on the show. So Christoph, welcome to the App Guy podcast. Hi, Paul. Hi. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you, you could join us as well. Perhaps Christoph, you could start by Oh, just telling us a little bit about yourself and your company. Yeah, uh, I think you know, uh, the, the thing that distinguishes uh, me or, or the company uh, to other companies is that actually uh, you wouldn't think it, but I have an arts background. And uh, the arts background and, and coming from arts into technology is slightly different because um, I, I studied media arts. And what fascinated me about media and the technology is uh, the way that you can apply creativity to a connected world. Because what I think what is really new about the, these days is that everything is so connected. And the fact that that this is 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 the case. It can now be applied to many different areas. It can be applied to different business. I mean, some examples that really fascinate me is you know how the connected world changes businesses, such as let's say Uber, the taxi companies, or Airbnb, or even Wikipedia. How how these creativity and all these people uh, can um, you know do something in in, in com- completely different uh, manners. This is fascinating. I must say, Christoph, I have to say that this is fascinating. You saying that you uh, studied uh, media arts. How did you end up getting into uh, running, um, you know, your own company in a way? Is it is it your own company? Uh, yes. So the the UK, uh, I have a part. Uh, the partner company is the Swiss company, but I uh, but I run the uh, run and set up the UK company. And um, originally, it was uh, when I started, I wanted to become a web designer. So back that was back in the dot com boom, first dot com boom, and then I started art school, and then I, I discovered that actually there is much more to this whole web design web web area because what you can actually do is you can uh, everything gets connected, so it's much deeper. You can actually apply creativity. I always say everything is just ones and zeros and if we have come that far with ones and zeros uh, we can actually anything that is thinkable is also doable and that's fascinating me and that's kind of the approach that we take with the company is uh, we, we build connected digital platforms for businesses uh, in order to just you know make use of this connectedness connected world these days uh, I, I came to London and then uh, I, I first I was a, a I was working for another Swiss tech company, but now uh, I set up my own and um, it, it's going well. It's really exciting. Yeah, well, it's inspirational for anybody who is, uh, you know, maybe studying something slightly non-digital or non-business related. And it just shows you that you can translate whatever you're doing into this digital world and bring your own creativity. So, so how, how do you actually help brands then make the most of the digital and social media well, the first thing is you have to think um, outside the box in the sense that um, what, I, what, I, what I tend to say is like in the, in the world that we live today, uh, we are very connected. Uh, mobile is just one part of it. But, but um, if you compare it to, let's say, um, 
10 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, or even 50 years ago, the world was much more kind of uh, around gatekeepers. You know, when you were a music label, uh, you were an artist, uh, you need to go to a music label to actually distribute your content. If you were, uh, uh, if you were, let's say, in, in, in a, uh, I'm just thinking. I'm going to have to pick you up on, uh, I'm going to pick you up on gatekeeper because that is the first time in 282 episodes that I've ever heard anyone talk about the, the transition from the old world where you did have these huge powerhouses, these huge gatekeepers uh, to the new world where I don't have to, uh, you know, speak to anybody to distribute this podcast, for example. Um, I, I can get it into the hands of uh, an audience w without having to uh, meet with any gatekeepers or pay them any money in, in a way. So, so uh, but, you, you know, so... Perhaps you can just elaborate on that whole concept of uh, this new world of, of uh, gatekeepers. And are we seeing more of these gatekeepers in the digital world? Uh, yeah. So um, uh, the way that I, I look at it, I tend to look at it uh, from, a, from a kind of a historic point of view. So I, if, I, if you look at, uh, let's say, the history, of, um, the history of communication, there have been uh, four big steps in, in the history of mankind where this has changed. And uh, the, actually the very first one um, is, is 400,000 years ago. So I'm starting really early right? <laughs> to, see the, to see the dimensions. Hey, I'm hoping and, this is going well, somewhere. You're not going to fill us in <laughs> on the 400,000 years of uh, communication. <laughs> no, no. But, but the first step was, was when, when language was developed, right? That was the first time ideas could spread, uh, could, could, could be shared between individuals. So an idea could travel from one person to another. The second big step was when when people started to write things on caves, uh, cave walls, that's the first time you can actually store thoughts and ideas and pass them on and give, uh, you know, when you pass away, you can give it to other generations You store thoughts and ideas. These then translated into hieroglyphs, for example, and writing in the end. Then the third big step is uh, book printing uh, around, you know, uh, around Gutenberg's time, where the first time you can distribute thoughts and ideas in a large scale and be people can build on top of each other's ideas. And now we are actually in the middle of the fourth step which is basically the internet where where, where 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 you don't have a, a few too many communications like you would have in in a ten, in, in in old type of broadcast media you have a many too many communication so the gatekeepers you know used to be the, you know the tv state the tv stations or um uh, or broadcasters or you know, license uh, license keepers don't uh, they're, they're completely falling falling down and now you can actually have many-to-many -many communications and new patterns of communication. So if you think about it, let's say, in, in, coming back to your question in terms of branding, and having a brand or br a brand is, is, is pretty much kind of trying to control uh, the, um, the, the relationship between you and uh, you as a brand and your consumers through a kind of a central entity, which is the brand. Nowadays, people will, will be able to talk uh, about uh, products uh, on a non-centralized uh, non way, which, uh, which is pretty new. And, and, and obviously, you know, there's, there's ways of, 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 of dealing with this. And, uh, but what I'm saying is uh, people will have to rethink how, how, how people communicate in these days to each other and how the network of trust is mapping out and um uh yeah this is uh, this is something that uh, that we that we work on yeah well you're talking to an audience that have, have all bought into this whole concept of a digital world that, that we're early adopters where uh you know we use all this uh, technology apps uh, app entrepreneurs so so i'm guessing that it, when you speak to your clients are you still 
encountering uh, people with their head in the, the, the sand in a way and uh, and not realizing this whole digital world is is upon us and and they've got to you know get get into it otherwise they're going to lose out mm, in a way yes the, there are some uh, traditional businesses they try basically they try to keep the status quo uh, because they may not necessarily understand that uh, that uh, you know a connected world is having an impact or they don't want to accept that uh, in terms of the clients, I mean, clients that we work with and then come to us, they actually have realized that there is something going on and that actually some things have to be, you know, done in different ways in the future. Um, uh, and if if we spend... Um, yeah, if we spend most of the time explaining that to them, then uh, you know it's, it's just a matter of time that they will realize uh, realize that. But um, at the moment, yeah, everyone has seemed to have signed up. It's just the degree that they have uh, signed up to this idea is uh, may may not be different. I think there's a lot of uh, you know uh, big corporations. They they suddenly start to understand if we build platforms that allow us to communicate between the corporation and their and the audience and the, the audience out there, uh, they can be can be much more uh, can be much more efficiently. Or certain things can be automated, and and uh, you know you can almost offer certain services as a self service. Uh, platform uh, so to speak uh, where people can then interact with the with the company services uh, by themselves almost yeah christoph i was uh, actually this is really interesting because i'm pretty sure that the apps to tribe listening to this now have encountered clients stakeholders people that they uh, work with uh, who are not investing in digital i've encountered this as well you know you try and build an app for somebody and uh, they they allocate 1% of their budget, you know, to app building and then 99% of the budget goes to websites or whatever else they're doing. And, and it just seems to be, I, I find that there is a, a tidal shift now going on where more money is coming into mobile. Uh, but uh, are you seeing that in, in the work that you do? Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. I think mobile is a very important uh, part for uh, certain businesses. It depends, obviously, what what the, what the business is. It what the business is, but I'm I'm not very convinced that kind of mobile is the future. Uh, I I believe that it's not. It's not all about mobile. It's about being connected all the time. That is the key. Whether it's a tablet, whether it's a computer, whether it's your watch even, uh, it's all about being connected in the future. So people have to start thinking about, you know, what does it mean if everyone can instantly uh, reconnect to, to, uh, to others in, in an instant? And mobile is just a medium. It's, it's just one way, but it has to be all converged into one um, uh, one uh, almost a cloud, so to speak, where you actually always uh, have different ways of, of accessing uh, your content. Have, Christoph, this is really fascinating, this discussion, because it, it reminds us that I think a lot of people listening do get caught up in the fact that it's mobile and let's do something for mobile. But what they're forgetting is in what you're reminding us and what I'm learning from you is that we have to think about what what it is we're doing not you know that the platform is somewhat irrelevant it's the fact that people are connected and, and they're connected instantly uh, and what how can we solve problems real world problems with those interconnected uh, networks uh, networks of communities and that is that is that what you're saying 
Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's uh, that it's not about the platform. The platform is just, you know, you have different size screens. I, I always say the watch app, for example, it's it's a screen that you glance on it, maybe one to two seconds. Then maybe a mobile screen is something that you glance at maybe a uh, few minutes. Uh, and then you have other screens, tablets, uh, which you do even longer. And then obviously uh, the, the screen in your office, you will stare at it maybe, you know, most of the day. So this is a different type of medium. But the, the fact is, uh, the, the exciting thing is, and yeah, uh, that's happening at the moment is that all of these kind of merge together and that uh, that it's not necessarily about one single channel anymore. It's about re- literally how do you change the communication patterns and how are you connected with other people or, uh, throughout the day. So, so Christoph, we uh, are uh, an app entrepreneurs. That means we like to try and grow our businesses, get clients. And, you know, I, I know that you uh, have a very successful company you've managed to get some excellent brands what sort of clients come to you you know is it is it the likes of me a solopreneur an entrepreneur or is it more, do you deal more with mid-sized companies or is it the big big large brands and companies um it depends a bit in switzerland we have we are working with uh, with quite large companies so for example uh, yeah some of our biggest ones are probably nestle and some pharmaceutical companies uh, Roche, uh, we've we've uh, working with uh, with banks as well. Uh, but then, um, what I uh, really fi- uh, find fascinating is um, that you know uh, they they of- often have a little bit problems with uh, with with innovations, right? So their challenge is how do you do innovation? So we also work with with smaller companies, with startups here, for example, in the UK. We work with Snap Fashion, or, uh, and and uh, help them get their uh, initial uh, app uh, launched, uh, the mobile app and the, the website, uh, which is as uh, Snap Fashion is a, a, recog- a recognition uh, uh, visual search engine for fashion, and uh, we help. Uh, companies getting off the ground as well and getting some tractions um, uh, and that, that there's, there's the big uh, synergies that I see you know you have act, in the one way you have the big companies they have all the reach and they have all the uh, all the uh, the infrastructure and then you have the small companies who have all the innovation so it's it's also an idea to you know to how how, how can these these be matched uh, and then sometimes uh, you know there's some matches there yeah cause I'm just thinking as well it's, it's sometimes very difficult to get you know, good business from uh, the startup community because they're struggling. You know, a lot of them are sometimes a bootstrap in their company or have a limited amount of funding. Uh, and I'm just wondering, it, I mean, when someone is appointing you, it must make a massive difference to see that you're working with very large clients and, uh, you know, to have that almost as a testimonial to your services and your products. Does it really help um, when you can name drop the likes of Nestle and, and, and Roche and some of the other big names? Yeah. Um, in well, it's uh, it's in, in Switzerland we're more working with those guys. In in UK we're very focused on product development, which is very exciting, and it helps that you know that we uh, we have worked with them, we have created products for them uh, that they are using, and and uh, we are uh, we are keen to do other product uh, products for for other companies as well and help them develop, and. Um, uh, so in in a sense, you know, we've seen we've seen it all. I, I think the the, the 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 cool thing with with with, with small companies is they, they really understand, uh, or they can adopt a new process such as, for example, agile development process much more easily uh, than large corporations, for example, and and and, and therefore, uh, you know. That is uh, that is quite one of the differences, let's say. But uh, in a way, uh, you can learn from each other's projects as well. Yeah, I'm just thinking as like. 
again, for anyone listening, it must be a good idea to just get some kind of gig with a large company and then, you know, use that as, as part of your portfolio, part of a testimonial to uh, get, some, you know, sort of business from uh, the startup community and some other uh, indie entrepreneurs. And uh, so that there's an idea. So there's two more things we need to do, Christoph, before I say goodbye to you. Uh, one is that we do like to build stuff and we love any new ideas and uh, I could either ask you to try and flesh out an idea an app idea that you may have you may have been thinking about Uh, if you have one that's great if not then we've got another way of uh, fleshing out an idea but I'll just ask you straight out do you have an idea for an app um yeah, I mean, one thing that we've been working on is, is, is uh, well, every last uh, last Friday of the month, the team kind of works on on, on something that uh, you know that we just uh, come up with. It's like a, uh, it's like a, you know, lab experimental day. And one app that we came up with um, is the Where Are You app uh, that we built. And um, uh, the Where Are You, uh, the idea came when we were in the pub. Right, so we went to the pub. Uh, <laughs> All the good ideas <laughs> like, come from the pub. Like, like many ideas, <laughs> but there was beer involved as well. So uh, one you're, of you're ours... <laughs> just using it as an excuse to get to the pub. Though. It's a Friday pub day, not a Friday lab day, is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's... Anyway, so one 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 guy got lost in the city. Right, so at two o'clock in the morning, we get an email to the team uh, address, and it, he asks, "Where I am? Where am I?" Obviously, nobody could answer it, but uh, we then had the idea: what if we send him a link? Uh, he clicks on that link, and the link then, from through the browser, detects his location, sends it back to us. Then we could find out uh, where he was. So this is how the Where Are You app idea was born. So we created this app. Uh, we, it's basically just almost you know, you pick somebody from address book, you you tap their name, you it, it sends out an SMS. To them uh, with a link on it. The link is unique to this person. If the person clicks on the link, it gets asked, do you want to share location? If they say yes, it will go back and, and show in the map in your phone. So it's a very, very simple idea. Uh, we put it in the App Store and uh, within, let's uh, I think within 12 months, we had around 220,000 downloads, something like that, without even advertising it. Uh, and uh, and it's it's being used around the world now. And one key thing that we did uh, to get a lot of traction with it is um, we actually translated all the metadata in all the different languages. And it turns out there are territories in the world we would have never thought that people would use it that are now highly, highly uh, you know uh, busy uh, places of this app. So, for example, Vietnam and Thailand. And a lot of people use our app. Uh, if we wouldn't have translated the metadata in Thai or in, in, in Vietnamese, then probably they wouldn't even discover the app. So one little trick that we learned there uh, is that, you know, when you translate the metadata, you can actually, you know, tenfold uh, the traffic that goes to your app, uh, if you have a global app, of course. Uh, uh, that was very, um, that was a very revealing moment. Uh, that, was a very, uh, that was a very simple idea. Um, and, and the idea came basically from a, from a small need, and we started with the prototype and uh uh yeah so it's uh, yeah, yeah i'm almost thinking as well christoph is that what, what you've been very clever at doing is there are you know a number of apps that uh, help with location finding such as uh, find a friend but they're all uh, either you know dedicated to one platform and, and they're not cross-platform and, and you've used uh, text messaging which is pretty much cross-platform and uh, and in a, the privacy of a, a unique link and it's uh, just so clever so uh, and wonderful advice as well on uh, the translation and uh, i've done that before as well and i've seen an uptick in uh, the app downloads so uh, good good advice uh, well this is a show about apps the last thing is that we would love to 
uh, learn from you any apps that you may be using on your smartphone in your business or your personal life that you could recommend you know not the usual stuff maybe one or two that you think would be good good and new to learn from you uh, do you have any apps that you could recommend to us i'm just thinking feel free to pick up uh, your phone it may be close yeah maybe that's a good idea something that uh, that i've been done uh, i've been doing recently is um we have a little uh, we have a little piggy bank here in uh, at the office and we uh we use now uh, some of the money to speculate with bitcoin Right, so we're buying, <laughs> we're buying and selling bitcoins. So what we have is, or what I have is, I have this little app. Uh, it's it's called, I think it's called. Let me just look uh, look it up. It's called Bitcoin um, Ticker. Yeah, it's just called Bitcoin, Bitcoin Ticker. Bitcoin Ticker. Okay, that's it. Yes, and what you can do with it is what I find re uh, really helpful is you can set alerts. Right, so you can say if the Bitcoin falls below a certain uh, price. Uh, give me a push notification to my to my phone, and then we go and and buy some, and then you can actually go um, and uh, do another alert. Obviously, saying if it goes be uh, above a certain price, uh, you can then uh, you can get an alert. Uh, obviously, you could set that automatically that it automatically buys. But you, before you buy, you want to actually see what, what uh, in which direction the the trajectory is. So you may not necessarily want to buy one if it falls below a certain point uh, because you think it might fall more. But it's uh, it's a uh, little app that we use to kind of uh, you know extend the <laughs> value of our piggy bank <laughs> how's it going with the investment is it uh, you, have you bought your ferrari yet <laughs> no not yet uh well it's actually quite good so we managed to turn around 200 pounds into maybe 350 pounds so far so that's at the moment right so so <laughs> so uh, we're still working on it but it seems to work okay well if there's any, anyone listening who's managed to um you know exceed that profit of 150 pound on bitcoin ticket then please let us know and uh, we would love to know your strategy <laughs> for uh, trading <laughs> bitcoins and so well christoph this has been great i've thoroughly enjoyed going through your journey um how best can we reach out? I mean, uh, just, just to remind the audience that there is um, there are show notes uh, for uh, episode 282. Uh, just go to theappguy.co and, and search for uh, Christoph Bergdorfer and you'll see uh, all the things that we've talked about and uh, the links. But how best can we reach out to you and connect to you? Uh, the best is probably if you go to our website, which is uh, www.coandcouk.com. Uh, and uh, there you will see uh, and you can get hold of, of me and uh, yeah yeah and and do you feel like we covered everything about co and co uh, is there anything we missed out no it sounds good sounds yeah. good well thank you very much for an inspirational episode and all that advice as well and and uh, all the best with uh, you know running your company and uh, and thanks for coming on our show the app guy podcast thank you very much thanks to you for Imano listeners, I'm offering a curated list of the top things I learn from my podcast during the week, and you get a regular update via email. You need to go to theappguy.co and register, and then you'll get this uh, curated uh, directory of some really awesome content. So theappguy.co, register your email. Thank you very much for listening to this.